Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 77 here on an NBA TV Tuesday, Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016, episode 77 here on the CLNS radio, blog talk radio, Seat Geek fan, Seat Geek uh, guest call line studio. Yeah, we got it here. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642. One five five eight is the number. Yeah, we're gonna recap a little bit of what happened in the basketball world last night. Also, talk about the rankings in college basketball. Uh, but first, before we do, uh, my guy Andrew Norris is here. I'll get to him in just a second. But uh, before we do, I, I saw the movie Race last night. By the way, uh, if you know nothing about, if you're not interested in history but you love sports, I would suggest you watch that movie. For me, I loved it from the perspective of it was very vivid, but from another perspective, it was very it's corny. It was kind of, you know, but it was, but it had some pretty inspiring moments, and the purpose of the of the movie was beyond inspiring. Look, if you, if for those of you who are huge sports geeks, if you don't know who Jesse Owens is, if you if you've never had the idea or the notion or at least understand who he is, he was the Babe Ruth, the Wilt Chamberlain, the uh, you know who else, the Wayne Gretzky. He was he was a trendsetter in the sport. He was. He was, uh, he was one of those guys who changed the way you look at athletics in general, and he really changed the face of what track and field looked like from a, from a, from a global perspective, especially in the time of, you know, previous to World War II and the regime going on in Berlin. Unbelievable movie from that perspective. From the overall acting and the, you know, the, the cosmetics of the movie, it was kind of eh. But overall um, – when it came to the message, it was pretty powerful stuff. So I would recommend watching it for that. But if you're not into that kind of stuff, if, it's not, if, you, if you can't handle a movie that's not cosmetically friendly, I would suggest not seeing it. I'd wait until it comes out on video or Netflix or on TV because it wasn't that cosmetically friendly. But when it came to inspiration and a historical movie for kids to watch down the road, definitely two thumbs up from that perspective. Andrew Norris is on the line. He's here today. Andrew, man, what's up? Your Pistons got a victory last night. They did, and now they are a combined three and two versus the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But hey, they're not a top eight seed in the East because the Pistons are going to Pistons, aren't they? I don't think they're going to Piston. I think they're going to be fine. I think you know. Here's the thing, and we mentioned this before or after the All Star break, basically last week. Chicago 
is in a downward spiral, and they're a team that is not playing well. I know they've won two in a row, but, I mean, they've won only three of their last seven games. They have not looked good as of late, really. And then, and their games against, you know, L.A. and other teams, obviously against the Cavs, they've looked very, very poor. Um, outside of that, and I know they beat Toronto on Friday, but they, they have not looked good. And, and in Detroit, all they've got to really do is tread water, and they'll find a way to get into the postseason. And I'm telling you, with the way the Pistons have played the Cavaliers here during this season, I think that's the last team the Cavs want to play in the, in the first round. Now, do I think they'll beat the Cavs in a seven-game series? No. But will the Pistons make it, make it competitive? Oh, absolutely. I think the Pistons can take two games from that easily and uh, maybe even push it to seven if all goes well. And that's all the Pistons need for this season because, as we know, down the line, this is going to be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. A lot of stuff happened in the world of basketball last night. Some breaking news, obviously, in the world of basketball earlier on today as we saw uh, Marcus Saul is now and, – and this is and this is for people out there who don't know. Marcus Saul, what he now – he was kind of like a pillar in this whole scenario of talking about the Western Conference from here on out. This kind of reminds me now of Marcus Saul being out on the Grizzlies. It kind of now makes me feel like – we're getting ready for a second-round battle like we've never seen in the Western Conference, and now it's been solidified. Houston can make a run here in the second half of the season and do something, but I don't see it. Portland, as we know, great regular season team. They're not going to win a series in the playoffs. They're not going to beat San Antonio or Golden State in a seven-game series. Not going to happen. Don't fool yourself. They can, they can win a game or two, but they're not going to win a series. Dallas, I still don't believe in them, although Rick Carlisle has been unbelievable this year. And now Memphis losing – Marcus Saul, in my opinion, I feel like we're getting ready for Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather again. Not to say that it's going to be a, a, as as poor of a you know output as that fight was about a year ago, but that's what I feel like. I feel like today, with the announcing of Marcus Saul being out for the season, we are now prepping for a May like no other in the Western Conference. Now, in the Eastern Conference, obviously, it's a whole different story, but in the West, that second round is looking like it's going to be one of the greatest second-round playoff series Ever. I mean, ever. We have four teams that can legitimately win an NBA title out of these four. The Clippers, eh, but definitely Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and Golden State are all championship-worthy opponents. And uh, it, 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 after Marcus Gasol being announced out, it, it, it puts a big dent in Memphis and what they, what they do as an identity and how they work. I mean, obviously Jeff Green's gone. Now they have Lance Stevenson. They're not the team they were a year, two years, three years ago. They're not that grinded-out team anymore that we're used to seeing. Andrew, what's your take on uh, Marcus Saul being out uh, for the rest of the season for this Memphis Grizzlies team? And what do you see in, for the future in this, in the Western conference? Well, I think it's just further indication that this team kind of needs to start over. They weren't going to win the championship yeah. to begin with. They're not going to win a championship now. Uh, and, and, you know, Mike Conley's probably gone. Uh I, there was a report came out that said he's a money chaser and that's what he's going to go for in free agency and more power to him if he wants to. That's hey, you 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 do any job you do in the world is to make money. Um, right. It it's a whole. I mean, it, this season's done. Lose as many games as possible. Get the highest pick possible. And let, just I mean, it's it's pretty simple. This team was never good enough will never be good enough, and they need to find a different way. They can't be this blue-collar team that they want to be because they're from Memphis. It doesn't – with the roster they have, it's not even close to a championship or even a Western Conference Finals team, and it's time to restart. But this ownership group is really uh, 
doesn't want to go through the rebuilding process because then they're running into the problem of, hey, we're not making any money. There's no attendance. I'm sorry, I I am very sick, so I'm struggling to get all my words out here. But it's all good. They don't want low attendance. They don't because it, it, it's hard to get fans to go see basketball in Memphis. It's not like it's this huge basketball city. It's not like it's this huge market. It's may it might be the smallest market in the entire NBA. And they have a team that has a good thing going, can can get wins. But I mean, it's you got to decide: do you want money or do you want championships? And if you want championships, you have to click the restart button. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where, I mean, you you mentioned that they're not a big basketball city. Look, I would disagree from the perspective of a local basketball city. They're a lot like Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is very popular only because nationally, because they have two of the best players in all of basketball. If they didn't, I think the city would love them. But like you said, and I agree with you, that from a national perspective, no one's really watching them if they don't have Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. I mean, Memphis is the same exact way. They don't have any of those guys that are going to make you really watch them on a national level because, again, not a big market team with the big, with the big name players, uh, the, 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 the eye candy of an appeal of a team. And I think, like we've said this from the beginning, since the beginning of the season, this team is starting to have the NBA pass them up, and that's starting to happen as time moves forward. And now, especially with the injury to Marcus Saul, 100% agreeance with the fact that he being gone now makes this team force them to rebuild more and more than we thought. Andrew, you ready to get it going on the show? Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. right. You're going to learn today. Uh, Here on the NBA last night, there were seven ball games. We went five and two in our picks yesterday. If you want to check those out, go to the Facebook page at the Hoopers Log. If you have a Facebook, if you don't, don't worry about it. Just join us on Twitter, and we'll get you there, obviously. If you'd like to join the Hoopers Log, please feel free to DM us on the Twitter page, uh, either at SEMOBuckets253 or at TalkBballNow, which is the main page of the Hoopers Log. Anyway, let's get to these games from last night in the NBA. Uh, uh, quite a bit of white boys' performances, not as many as over the weekend, obviously, as it was absolutely insane. Pistons do beat the Cavs, though, 96-88, to a big-time victory for the Pistons as they find themselves still fighting for a playoff spot, but they're only a couple of games back, beating the Cavs once again, 96-88. to Reggie Jackson, 23 points. Kyrie Irving had 30 as well. No white boys' performances in that one, but the Pistons found a way to get it done. As Andrew mentioned, Three and two against the Warriors and the Cavs this season. I think if the Pistons found a way to get into that eighth spot, they would be real super competitive when it came to uh, the playoffs against the Cavs. Would they beat them? No. But would they would they pose a threat? I think that would be be a big time threat to really hinder the Cavs from thinking that it would be a sweep to get through the Eastern Conference. Pacers and Heat, one of the better games of the night. Heat win one hundred one to ninety three. Hassan Whiteside nineteen points, eighteen rebounds. Not much of a Wiper worthy performance. He had six blocks as well, but uh, not quite wiper worthy, but unbelievable performance nonetheless. Paul George, though, had a wiper worthy performance 31 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, and three steals. A 58 on the wiper worthy performance scale. Again, the Pacers not quite getting it done. They had been looking good late, but again, eh, they, they tripped up. They still played a good game. They got the overtime against the team on the road in the Heat. They only lost by, uh, uh, by eight, you know, in overtime, but overall, a great game. Their Raptors beat the Knicks 122 to 95. Kyle Lowry, triple-double, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, 55 on the white board, the performance scale. Robin Lopez for the Knicks, even though they got blown out, had a pretty good game, 21 points, 13 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony also had a pretty good game there. I believe he had 30 points, if I'm not mistaken. But the Raptors beat the Knicks 122-95. to They're now 37-18, and 18, still hovering there 
as a two spot in the Eastern Conference. Now five games up, five and a half games up on Miami and Boston in that three, four spot now in the East. Uh, they're, they're just hovering. They're just hovering at this point. They're, they're kind of like the – look, we just, we just talked about the Memphis Grizzlies uh, and what they've done and, and how obviously how Marcus all is out. This Raptors team really reminds me of the Grizzlies from last year. I mean, they're, they're really the perfect example because last year, if you remember, Memphis all the way through the season, pretty much the whole year, was the second-best team in the Western Conference. People forget that. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors did what they did. The Spurs were hovering around that three and four area. And the, and the Clippers obviously came up, and then by the end of the year, everyone caught each other, and then Memphis dropped to six. But that wasn't because they played poorly. Everyone else just caught up to them. Um, and Memphis was the second-best team all year in the Western Conference. This year, the Raptors are the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. No one's talking about them. No one's talking about them from the perspective of can they make noise in the postseason. They can. Can they beat the Cavs? No. Can they go deep? Absolutely. This team is definitely precedent enough. Again, their bench still has to prove to me it slowly is. But it has to prove to me that once they get into the postseason, they can really make some noise. Andrew, you wanted to say something? Oh uh, no, you can continue, and then when you're done, I'll go. I, I just made a noise with my cup here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Uh, but yeah, but the Raptors get the victory, one twenty-two to ninety-five. Again, Kyle Lowry with the triple double in that one. Um, Warriors are the fastest team in NBA history to get to fifty and five. Think about that, fifty and five. All they got to do now to break the all-time record. 23 and four the rest of the way. It's 27 games left. 23 and four is all they need to do to break the all-time regular season record for wins in a regular season. Uh, Steph Curry went off again. 36 points, eight assists, six rebounds, and three steals. A 61 on the whiteboard. The performance scale. He absolutely dominated in this one. And uh, Al Horford, boy, talk about a performance by Al Horford last night. 23 points, 16 rebounds, six assists, three blocks. Uh, excuse me, three steals, five blocks. They lost by 10, but they kept it competitive uh, in the third quarter. They scored 36 points in the third quarter. They were up by one going into the fourth, and the Warriors found a way, again, as they always do, pull away. They played great defense in the fourth quarter, too. They were up 30-15 to 15 in, the, in the first quarter going into the second, and the Hawks just found a way to chip away, take it back in the third, and then the Hawks just they, they, they could not stay with the Warriors, obviously, as they put all their effort in to that third quarter, and the Warriors, again, win their 50th game of the season. It's unbelievable stuff there, what the Warriors are doing, obviously, as everyone knows, in the world of the NBA. But I think the real story of the night was the Bucks beating the Lakers, a 108-101 to performance of the night. The Greek Freak's first triple-double, I believe it was his first triple-double in his career, 27 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, and 4 blocks, a 72 on the whiteboard performance scale. There was a stat that came up about a, within the last week um, about David Robinson, he was the last player to get a quadruple double in the NBA. Yes, which means you get ten, you get double digits in four categories, whether it's blocks, you know, th- as you know, blocks, assists, rebounds, steals, points, whatever you name it. Um, this is the one guy, honestly. If there's one guy I would pick right now in the NBA who would be the next player to potentially get a trip, a quadruple double, it would be this guy. He's built for it. He's long. He's lengthy. He's very outrageously athletic. He can play the guard. He can play even center at times. Um, he is one of those guys where he can play all positions, kind of like LeBron. He's like a poor man's LeBron, except it's different. It's just different. He's a different player. He's not as good talented or as IQ wise as good as LeBron, but when it comes to his athletic ability and on nights like tonight that he had against the Lakers, you could easily see him being a guy who could get like 10 steals in a game with how long he is. It's 
it's potential. The potential for a quadruple-double is there for this guy to get one. I, I don't think he ever will, but he is the, probably the next guy we'll ever see that could potentially get one. Another guy comes to mind is Hassan Whiteside, not because he's as talented or as great, but because he can get 10 blocks in a game. We've seen it. He, if, he, if he ever found a way to pass the ball the way he does, he could potentially get a quadruple-double as well. But this is the guy I think is next in line for the next opportunity to do so. What's interesting about this game is the Bucks were up by nearly 30 points going into the fourth quarter, and though they, they kind of gave away the score. I mean, if you saw our picks the other day, um, the Bucks were favored by uh, eight to win this ball game. I picked the Lakers plus the eight, and the Lakers found a way to come and make it close. They only lost by seven, which covered the spread for the Lakers to keep it within that realm. So, again, the Bucks get the victory, though, 108 to 101 over the Lakers. Uh, 24 and 23, still hovering, just hovering in that, in that bottom area of the Eastern Conference to try and make a noise in the East to do something. The Timberwolves win 124 to 122 over the Celtics, and the Celtics probably put a lot of effort in against Denver the night before coming against the Timberwolves again. Carl Anthony Towns, what can you say? I, I'm telling you, I think tonight, last night, locked it up. I think last night locked it up for this guy, put it down, rookie of the year 2015, 2016. This guy showed it again last night, 28 points. 13 rebounds, four assists, and two blocks, a 57 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. Look, he's the best rookie going on right now in the NBA. It's not even close. I mean, Chris Porzingis was putting his show on early on in the year, but since the Knicks have kind of fallen off and not played as well, you're seeing this guy really emerge. And granted, it's a bad team in, in Minnesota. I won't deny that. But this Minnesota Timberwolves team is really being steered by the greatness of Carl Anthony Towns. And really, he's turning into one of the next big men this league has ever seen uh, as a young guy, obviously, but he's still got a lot more potential and just wait till he actually grows into his body. He might be the next Shaq. And that's not really too far of a stretch to say, considering the stats he's been putting up over the last uh, three or four months here in the NBA. Clippers destroy the Suns, 124 to 84. Again, a domination fest there. Suns are now 14 and 43. Just sweep them under the rug. Their season's been done for about two months now since, uh, since uh, Eric, Eric Bledsoe and uh, Brandon Knight got injured. Clippers are now 37-19. and 19. Chris Ball had a pretty good performance. Not whiteboard-worthy, but pretty good. 16 points, 14 assists. He was one assist shy of getting into that whiteboard-worthy performance scale. Andrew, what did you see from the NBA last night? I mean, obviously you watched the Pistons and Cavs game. Were there any other games on your mind that you saw last night that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, you just mentioned it was Carl Anthony Towns. This guy is, I mean, he's amazing. And, and yeah. his potential, Shaq, you know, that, that potential is reachable, but it'll be in a different way. Um, you know, he, yeah. he's going to be able to shoot threes. He's going to be able to shoot the mid-range. He already can. He can do everything on a basketball. You know, talk about a quadruple-double candidate. There's one for you. Yeah. Also, throw Anthony yeah, Davis in there. The other one. I mean, it's it's amazing what this guy can do on a basketball court at 19 years old. That guy, yeah. Yeah. Chris, he's younger than you, dude. Like, yeah, I know. He's, he's, I mean, he's, you're also not seven feet tall, but um, – <laughs> It's, it's amazing. Uh, you run out of things to say about the Warriors, 50 and 5, whatever. I don't want to talk about them anymore. They're too good. Um, yeah. Although, what was their winning streak to start the year? Do you remember the exact amount of games? Look, I think it was – I think they won – I think overall they won 28 games going back to last season, but it was 24-0 and 0 to start the year. Okay, so 26 and 5. When, when you want to look at unbeatable teams, uh, as a lot of people are dubbing the dubs to be, um, twenty six and five isn't unbeatable. So if you if you're looking at it that way, uh, 
But I mean, twenty-six and five is still, you know, the best winning percentage in the NBA. Uh, so I mean, it's it's unbelievable what this team's doing, um, and, and what they'll probably continue to do through the end of the year. I have this weird feeling we're going to see a two-game losing streak somewhere here pretty soon. Uh, yeah. It could start with the Heat. The Heat are the type of team, you know, anytime you got vets like Dwayne Wade and if Chris Bosh is back for that game, that's when you're really going to see, you know, the Warriors get threatened or any team get threatened because those guys know how to play in big games. Um, but something I want to do today, and Chris, i got to warn you, I made an executive decision. I did not consult you okay. about it. Um, I actually decided as you were talking, we've been talking about doing it, and I really want to implement it. You've been doing the picks yourself um, sure. and doing them against the spread. So I think every day we should have five games. Me and you, we both pick against the spread, and we sure. compare to each other. Winner at the end of the year gets something. Um, now today okay. there's only five games. We're doing all the games. But hey, I, I'm I'm way for it if, if you're down to go with it, and we can do it when we do. Well, we'd have to do it pretty soon here because I got to go in about ten minutes. But when we start the recap or the preview, oh, we'll do it here shortly. I'm just gonna fly through. I'm just gonna fly through college basketball, and also there's a couple of games I would like to talk about because there's two games on the schedule for uh, against the spread today that are very difficult to pick in my opinion. But let's fly through college basketball real quick. And Andrew, I like that idea. Let's do it, man. I I love it. Um, let's get into that. Let's, uh, let's just fly through it. And you mentioned the Warriors real quick before we talk college basketball. Look, they could lose two in a row. Look at this schedule coming up. They have three games on the road. They still have to finish out February on the road, people. I mean, I know it's only a week away till March, but that's a week left on the road. They've been on the road since the All-Star break. And realistically, they've been on the road. Out, this whole team's been on the road since February 10th. Think about that. They haven't been home since February 6th when they played Oklahoma City. That's a ways ago. That was a while ago. And they still have a week left to go on the road, and then they play Atlanta, Oklahoma City in 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 the Warriors in in Oracle. Then they play at LA, not a bad game, you know, against the Lakers. And then they play at home for a long stretch there. But that's but they've got they they've got a lot of games left to prove. And again, attrition, staying healthy, um, the rest of the season, and obviously having to win a championship still to and breaking the record. We'll have to put them in as the greatest team ever if they do all those things. But still, they got a lot to prove going forward college basketball last night in the world of basketball obviously the rankings were put up uh, uh we'll just fly through the top 10 real quick villanova kansas virginia oklahoma xavier all in the top five virginia and oklahoma are tied for number three when it comes to voting in the ap michigan state north carolina iowa arizona and maryland all are finishing out the top 10 uh this is the last ranking right now before we really get into conference play that'll be next monday but this is really kind of the final one before we get into those conference tournament conversations it's going to be crazy. Again, March Madness will begin it all. Our YouTube channel will start in March 1st. Uh, we'll be getting that going. Obviously, I'll, Andrew, I'll get you on board. we got other people who are trying to get on board as well. It's going to be a big-time thing there for the Hoopers Log. Just search the Hoopers Log on YouTube, and you'll find that page. Uh, obviously, we'll get it going started here uh, within the next month. Oh, excuse me, the next week. Um, college basketball again last night. Miami of Florida beat number three Virginia. Again, they bounced back. After losing to UNC over the weekend, getting a victory over Virginia, 64-61, a big-time win there for them. West Virginia beating Iowa State, 97-87, getting a victory there in West Virginia, staying afloat in the Big 12. Again, the most competitive conference in basketball in Texas, just staying ahead in the top 25 at numbers. Their 71-70 win over Kansas State was a big win for them. Now 9-6 and six in the Big 12. It is jam-logged in the Big 12 right now. I mean, there's just so much talent there. 
expect about six or seven teams to get into the tournament. I've said that multiple times, but I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy going forward. College basketball is, is lighting up the scoreboard. It's doing everything we can. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the world of college basketball, we will get more onto that next week. And obviously as big games and upsets come afloat, we will mention to use those on the, uh, on the Hoopers log. What's going on tonight in college basketball before we talk about these NBA games, Alabama, Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor on ESPN two. I'll be tuning into that one, Michigan state, Ohio state, unbelievable game there on ESPN. That should be a fun one to watch in the big 10. Okay, Andrew, we got five games. Like you mentioned, we're going to pick all five of them. I'll give you my picks and I'll give you my reasonings and then you shoot it. Um, Okay. So in tonight's games, we have magic at 76ers magic are favored by five and a half. Take the magic reason being, look, they're, they're a more talented team. They've been playing well as of late. I know the 76ers are in like kind of just, you know, just, tank mode right now the magic are going to get the victory i think they'll win by at least six or seven they should get it done they should pass the test and they'll get it done there um, pelicans and wizards the wizards i had them in at favored at four and a half now the lines push to five i would take the four and a half honestly this is a tough game for me because i think anthony davis could come out and go bonkers not 59 and 20 bonkers but he can go bonkers in this one um, and i could see john wall but if john wall comes out and plays well i really don't see who's going to stop him on the pelicans outside of drew holiday because then you got got other guys on that team that could come in. I think the Wizards will find a way to get this victory tonight and win by the five. Uh, These are the two tough games I was mentioning. Kings, Nuggets. Nuggets are favored by two and a half. I don't know why. The Kings haven't played in about three or four days, and the Nuggets just played the Celtics, and they just got run off the court. And the Kings have DeMarcus Cousins. I know they have Nikola Jokic on the Nuggets, but they also have Rajon Rondo in the Kings. Look, this, this Kings team is still very good. They're not great. Both these teams are still competing for a potential playoff spot in the Western Conference. They're about four or five games back, but they're still fighting. The Kings have DeMarcus Cousins. He's really the X factor in this one, and if he plays well, they're going to dominate and they're going to win. It's just that simple. I take the Kings plus the two. It's not two and a half, but I'll take the two uh, for what I have. Uh, Rockets and Jazz. This is the toughest. This is the toughest line I have seen in a long time. This is. These are two teams really fighting for the eighth spot in the, in the Western Conference. And the Jazz, I know they want to win. I think they will, but how much will they win by? The line is by five. Look, I think the Rockets can win this game too, but I think they'll keep it close. And I could also see the Jazz blowing out the Rockets. I have no idea who's going to go what with this game. I'm going to pick the Rockets plus five because I just think the Rockets are in a dire situation to stay in the playoff conversation. I know the Jazz have been playing pretty well as of late. But I'm telling you, this is a tough game to pick. If I had money on this game, I, if I had money, I would not put it on this game, to be 100% honest with you. But if I did, if I had a gun to my head, I would put Houston plus the five just because of the fact that Houston, when they need a game, somehow they always find a way to get it done. And then the last game of the night on NBA TV, the first game on NBA TV tonight is also Pelicans at Wizards, but the next game on NBA TV is Nets at Trailblazers. And Trailblazers are favored by 11.5. Take the 11.5, Trailblazers should win by 30 and they should win their 30th game of the year, which Andrew and I, going into the season, would have thought would have been impossible. But to this point, they have played really an inspiring brand of basketball. Andrew, what you got? Uh, yeah, we're we're basically the same. I got Magic over Philly barely. I think they're going to win by anywhere from seven to nine points. Uh, I got yeah. Washington over New Orleans. That's – dude, that's a guess. No, don't put money on that game either. I mean – Yeah, I wouldn't either, yeah. With, with the way the Wizards have been up and down this year. Uh, I also took the Kings. I also took Houston. The difference is I took the Nets. I think the Nets are going to keep it close. 
11 and a half is a big spread, especially when how hot the Blazers have been. They're still not a, a great team. They're an above-average team. They're not great. Uh, so I think 11 and a half is too high. So I am taking the Nets in that one. So we're going to have this, we, me and you, whoever the winner of tonight is will be decided by that Blazers versus Nets game. And then hopefully we get the rest of them right. But I, we'll see, my friend. I guess we will see. We definitely will. Again, this is the Hooper's Log. If you'd like to call in real quick, feel free to do so. If not, uh, Andrew and I are pretty much out of here. A short show today. Not much to really talk about in the world of basketball outside of Golden State doing well. No players of the week last week. Uh, I don't know why. Apparently, I guess they'll wait until the beginning of March or even on leap year day. They'll figure it out. They'll find a way. Uh, I had Anthony Davis and LeBron James winning it, obviously, for last week, but they decided not to considering the All-Star break. It just happened. So I guess we'll end it now. What's up? LeBron's going to win player of the month. Mark it down. Yeah, he probably will. To be 100% honest, he probably will. Episode 77 is in the books. Episode 78 will be here tomorrow on an ESPN Wednesday. Episode 77 in the books. NBA TV Tuesday. Watch those games on NBA TV. And also watch that college basketball game between Kansas and Baylor. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Again, the show will change time starting leap year uh, next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 1, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, noon Eastern. We'll, we'll, we'll be our new time. I have a new my job change my times and whatnot, and so we got to work that all out uh, in the schedule. So that'll be that. Um, and uh, same time, same place tomorrow. Andrew, we're out of here, man. All right, everybody, have a fantastic time. And if you're listening to the Apple Podcast, I really, truly really appreciate it. Thank you so much again for listening. Have a fantastic day, and enjoy the basketball.